So really it's sifting and sorting, sifting and sorting until you become very clear about your direction and what's going to work and what's not going to work. People often will get opportunities coming to them as they're going through that process. But if you go through it with the idea that, oh, maybe I'll get a job with these people, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons and they can see right through it. Hello and welcome to ADHD Essentials, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Mahan. I'm a former teacher and mental health clinician turned ADHD coach, trainer, and consultant. I can be reached at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. Here at ADHD Essentials, we help families develop the skills and knowledge needed to better manage attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Visit ADHDessentials.com for more details. What's up, team? COVID has made things difficult for all of us, and it's especially difficult when you're parenting a kid with ADHD. Working from home, working out of the home, having a kid in virtual school or hybrid school or going to school, there's a lot to navigate and the ADHD Essentials online parent coaching groups are here to help. Registration ends this coming Monday, January 18th, and the groups will begin one week later on Monday, January 25th. In these groups, you will work directly with me, twice a week for an hour. We meet on Mondays and Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern or 5 p.m. Eastern. And each week, we will talk about the things that are critical for better managing ADHD and anxiety in the ADHD home. We'll talk about parental and family self-care, connection, communication, anxiety, and my wall of awful model, as well as systems and structures, parenting as leadership, and of course, whatever questions may arise. I would love to have a brief conversation with you about how these groups work and how they would benefit you. Go to ADHDessentials.com slash parent groups or email me directly at brendan at ADHDessentials.com so we can have that conversation. And of course, check out our partner podcasts, ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers and Hacking Your ADHD with Will Curb. Both shows are phenomenal. Both shows are part of the ADHD Rewired podcast network. And even more exciting, we have two more shows premiering soon. So keep an ear out for that. If you like today's episode, or you've enjoyed episodes in the past, I would appreciate it if you would give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes or your podcast player of choice. It really helps others find the show, which helps us help as many people as possible. Welcome to the show. Today, we're talking to Shell Mendelson. Shell is an ADHD and career counselor and coach with nearly 35 years of experience. In today's episode, Shell talks to us about job hunting. Whether it's because you've lost a job due to COVID or you're just looking to make a lateral move, Shell tells us about informational interviewing, the importance of getting clear on what we want, why research and networking are so important, and why it's critical to have a clear plan and a solid understanding of yourself when you're looking for a new job. All right, let's get rolling. Hello, audience. I am Shell Mendelson, and I am a ADHD career counselor and coach of almost 35 years. 
not the ADHD part that started in 2010 when I was diagnosed. And I realized that there were a lot of us out there that needed a lot of help. And I was in a really good position to do that, having gone through all of the ADHD issues. So now I'm working exclusively with ADHD clients to identify their next best career move or direction. Also, I provide executive support for lateral moves and for clearly defining what's important in an executive's job with ADHD, because I'd say anywhere there's there's bureaucracy with ADHD, you got some issues and challenges to deal with. Often they will leave their jobs to go independent and do their own thing. This is exactly why I want to have you on, right? Is you've got all this knowledge around career transitions, getting back into the workforce, changing jobs, changing positions within a company. And right now with COVID-19 and the pandemic and all of the ways that has ravaged our economy, people need that. What do I do, right? Like my job got downsized or my industry is in jeopardy. Now what? And although this podcast is primarily aimed at parents, parents are the ones who have the jobs. So let's keep a roof over our heads and make sure we can still get at least rice on the table. And so that's kind of that's kind of why I wanted to have you on. I just want to pick your brain. Where do should folks start, I guess? How do we approach this unique situation? First of all, when you're talking about COVID, a lot of people have moved from the business office to the home, to Zoom, mm -hmm. to really being able to move around for people that are introverted. I just, I'll just get this part out because for people that are introverted, this is a dream come true for many, many folks, especially with ADHD. I work from home for the entire time. I've had my career off and on. For me, it was an easy transition. In fact, it was almost a relief. I think the ones that I'm concerned about are the extroverts, the ones that really need that contact with other people and they're used to, to being out there and being bubbly and having a social, their, their friends or their work buddies and things like that. That probably is torture for a lot of folks that have had to take their jobs home. So we haven't even gotten to the people that have been laid off. We're just talking about the people that have taken their work home, mm -hmm. right? So the people that have been laid off, it's a good thing in that people have been more self-reflective about what they're doing and about how they're spending their eight to 14 hours a day or more and realizing that that time is precious and how much of that time are they totally stressed out? How much of that time are they feeling overwhelmed if they're not enjoying what they're doing? Do I really want to go back to this? Do I really want to go back to this industry, this job, once COVID goes away? Which the vaccines have got a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel. That part's good. Right. Well, the world is in turmoil. There's a lot of things going on right now that are, are taking people off the track of what do I want to do? And they might be, especially with ADHD, we tend to get caught up in a lot of that stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people are social media ising big time right about now. And I've found with some of my clients that there's this underlying, and often they're not even aware of it, but there's this underlying like, well, what's the point? What's the point in doing a thing for the future when the future feels so uncertain? And that's 
between events, at least in America, the United States and COVID and all of that stuff. And it's everything from looking for a job, which is kind of your forte to losing weight or improving skills in parenting. I'm coming across a lot of people who at some level, not necessarily at the conscious level, but at some level are kind of feeling like, what's the point? The future's uncertain. I get it. There are a few of those areas myself where I'm kind of thinking that, but realizing that how I feel is more important. Mm-hmm. So what I do when I work with people is really focus on how you feel, how certain things make you feel. So it really is a feelings process. And many people have made decisions about the work that they go into, not based on feelings, but based on what are the jobs that I'll be the most successful in? What did my parents do? What are what do other people expect of me? How can I make the most money? Does it have this trajectory, that trajectory? They're given a bunch of false information about how to make the right choices before they even decide on what career they're going to have. And now they're home going, well, maybe it's time to figure that out the right way. Maybe I need to take a step back Uh, And this should be done in high school, by the way. (laughs) What I do with people should be done in every high school, or they should have a person like me that comes in. And And what is it that you do? What does that step back look like? So I help people make decisions about their careers by getting through a process that I use. It's based on a very old uh, structure called What Color Is Your Parachute? And I call it a structure because it really is. It's It's a loose structure for defining all the things that one prefers to do in their work. Did anyone ever ask you what, what kind of people do you really wanna work with? And really sit you down and make you list the characteristics of those people. And when you're working out there, if you're stuck with certain kinds of people, you just go in blindly to a job and you don't know who you're gonna be surrounded by, And especially with ADHD, you can imagine how that would impact your day. Yeah. The boss you have, how they work with you. If you hate micromanaging and you get this person who's, you know, super, if you, if you're working next to people who's interrupting you all the time or, or gossiping or doesn't pull their weight. Here's one that I think a lot of people overlook when they go out in the job market. They go interview for something they think is a good fit. So they pick a few things, maybe in the job description, this, this, and this, and they go check, check, check. Yeah, I can do all these things. There might be 50% of those that they can do, but they really don't want to do. And they figure, well, I can put up with it, right? Mm -hmm. They go into the interview and they're meeting the expectation, but they're not able to really define why they're there in the first place. So they might get the job. And then lo and behold, when they get the job, there's this bait and switch thing that goes on. You think you're, you're taking a job and all of a sudden you realize, oh no, we're going to put you over here first. And over here could be the exact opposite of what you thought you were signing up for. Or it could be the one piece of it that you really never, ever wanted to do, but now you have to do it full time. That's one of the things that I've championed on this podcast, or it's related to one of the things that I've championed on this podcast a few times now, which is whatever career you're going into, whatever job you're looking at, you have to know what about it sucks and whether or not you can handle that. 
And if I know what sucks about this job and then I get stuck with, that's the only thing you're doing, that would be awful. Well, and it happens. It happens all the time. Bait and switching goes on. So what about when you go to the interview, you say, is, is the job I'm inter- interviewing for the one that I will start out doing? That's a good question. You need to go in armed as you are interviewing them versus they are inter- interviewing you. And you don't become a, what I call a job beggar. I was in a situation similar to that, not exactly that. Thinking about that now, it tells you a lot about the leadership of the company, right? Like I went into a job and I interviewed for a social emotional director position kind of thing. Turns out they had an internal candidate that they were looking for, which I didn't know about at the time, but later on I found out. Almost always. Yeah. But so that's why I didn't get that job. But in the course of that interview, they were like, hey, how do you feel about being a special education teacher? Because you've got all this ADHD experience. And I was like, sure, I can do that. Why not? But also I'm not certified to be a special ed teacher. So know that in advance. So I didn't get bait and switched. I just got sort of redirected in the course of the interview. I wasn't hired or anything yet. So they were doing it the right way. They were really transparent and open in their communication about the implication was you're probably not going to get this social emotional director position but we have this other job that we think would be good for you as opposed to, yes, you're hired, go be a special ed teacher, which is insane to me because that's, that's bad leadership. That means we don't take care of our people. We don't even communicate with people who aren't our people yet that we could easily filter out. We're just going to take you as a body and put you somewhere. Well, my thought is when you're telling me the story that they should not even present that option to you in the interview. Mm-hmm. That you're going in there with the with the understanding that you're you're applying for and interviewing for a specific job that you have done the research on. Hopefully, you've talked to some people in the company so you know a little bit about what the environment is like and what to expect. You have all your questions in place for them, and now all of a sudden they're putting you in this position of well, we have this other thing. And it's almost like saying we don't really have this thing that you're interviewing. That's bait and switching. I don't care how you word it. That is wrong because if you're feeling under pressure, like you need to get a job and you just want to get a job in teaching, which a lot of people when they get, especially when they get out of college and they're in a teaching program of some kind of teaching credentialing program. And they just like I was, that happened to me. I would have taken, give me math, my worst subject. I don't even know math that well. I had to do a lot of research to, to just to teach a seventh grade math class. This is happening and it's a setup. It's kind of a setup for failure. So that's the thing to pay attention to. That's exactly it. You have to learn how to understand everything that is important to you, every single aspect of what makes up the work that is important to you. For example, the people that you work with, the working conditions. Today, my working conditions are today I'm sitting in the living room. Next, I'll be up in my office. Next, I'll be in my, maybe in my bedroom. (laughs) I mean, I work all over the house and I love it. And I work out on the patio. A lot of people can't do that in their, in their work environment. And it really can become distracting. And so you have to really understand what is important to you because that stuff just doesn't go away. It doesn't go away, no matter how much you try and fix it, it's always going to be there. And if you don't recognize it and identify it and own it 
And when I say own it, I mean, you go in knowing that if this is the wrong fit for you, you don't take it. You say, thank you and walk away. And how do you do that? Right. Cause I've, I've been the ADHD guy who bounced from job to job, at least in education. I stayed in one career at, at least, but you do hit a point where you're like, I just want a job. And honestly, 43 years old, running my own business, pretty successful at what I do. If I were to go back into the workforce and apply for jobs, my mentality would still be, I'm sure, I just want a job. Like, I just, can you just hire me and let me work here? It's not coming from a place of empowerment. I mean, I hope that it would. I hope that at this point it would be coming from a place of empowerment, but I don't know for sure because I might fall back on old habits. All you would have to do is look at what makes up what you're doing now and the things that are important to you to make what you're doing successful for you and find the right fit within the work. The thing is, if you don't do that, you go in as a job beggar. And how do you avoid that? How do you avoid the like, if I don't get this job, I might not get any job, particularly with the economy in the state that it's in right now? You need to go through a process of identifying all these things and becoming empowered in the process and becoming confident in your direction and knowing when to say yes and when to say no. Mm-hmm. And not saying no is when you need to say no can be very detrimental. And once you have your roadmap, which is what is created when I work with people, it, it's something that you literally can look at and say, this does not match up. This matches up for the most part, and I can give it a try, this does not match up and I'm not going to even go. I'm not gonna even do this interview. I know it's tough, but it becomes easier when you have that clarity, when you're very clear about what you're supposed to do. So think about like the HR people who are getting all these gazillions of resumes and you know, resumes are just a way to weed people out. I don't believe in resumes in that I'm big on guerrilla marketing. Remember guerrilla marketing from years ago? And as you go through the process of identifying all this stuff, you become, it becomes easier for you to connect with the right people because you want to connect with other people who are doing what you know you want to do and talking to them. And then you become clearer about the things that are from what they're telling you about the job. And you've heard the term informational interview. That's when you just kind of go you try to set up an interview at the place you're interested in working to get an idea of what it's like there. Is that what you mean? That's not what it is. No. An informational interview is when you find people doing work that you're interested in doing, not necessarily the company or anything, but just literally to get the information to make sure it matches up with what you want. So you can ask them, what do I like? What do you like about what you do? What don't you like about what you do? Take me through a typical day. And then you see this person's giving you all this information. You can go, hmm, I don't know if that's what I want. And I don't know if this is the kind of company I want to work for, but I sure know what I don't. I know more about what I don't want. Mm -hmm. So really it's sifting and sorting, sifting and sorting until you become very clear about your direction and what's going to work and what's not going to work. People often will get opportunities coming to them as they're going through that process. But if you go through it with the idea that, oh, maybe I'll get a job with these people, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons and they can see right through it. And when you mentioned guerrilla marketing, is that as opposed to a resume, like you're kind of spreading your name out there and getting yourself heard? Because guerrilla marketing 
back in the day when that was big was kind of just all of a sudden there's advertisements that may be obviously advertisements and may not be in a certain spot or area. And then it kind of vanishes like guerrilla warfare, kind of same idea. So how are we guerrilla marketing ourselves? We guerrilla market by making connections, joining organizations. So like networking. Networking, you can call it that, but it's also getting information so that you're armed with being able to ask the right questions. The more you know, the better your questions are going to be. The more you know about what you're, you're going for, what you're interested in. And then the process of elimination happens and you have to be willing to say, no, this isn't it. Mm-hmm. And if it is, you know what, what courses you need to take to get beefed up on whatever you, you know, skills you need or whatever education you need to get into the field or the, the, work, the kind of work that you want to do. Just circling back really quick to the whole idea of trying to avoid that scarcity mindset, that desperation mindset when we're trying to get a new job especially if we've been unemployed for a little while. One of the things that has helped me as I kind of reflect on that a little more is thinking about the jobs I took out of desperation and how thoroughly they blew up in my face, how miserable I was at some of those jobs up to and including, I got to the point where I was literally having panic attacks when I heard high heeled shoes on linoleum because I was mistreated so badly by one of my principals and especially the vice principal constantly riding me. And, and, and I was always in a state of anxiety at that job. And I don't want to ever be in that position again. So I'm going to vet a future job more effectively kind of for my own mental health. And so that I long-term will stay there. You made my point. Exactly. It's almost like if you don't understand what it is that you should be doing out there, and feel confident going forward and be willing and strong, which knowing what you want makes you strong, makes you confident. When you know what you want, you're coming from a position of power. Yes. And what do you need to get there? What are you missing? What are the pieces that are missing for you so that you can go into any situation confident? And if you can imagine two people going for the same job and one person's done this work of identifying what they're supposed to be doing. Very clear, confident. They know the company. They know the people. They know what kind of conditions they're going to be dealing with, benefits that are being offered, all of that stuff. They really understand all that before they even go in. They can actually go in and and talk intelligently about the company and why they're there. And you have the other person who meets all the qualifications but is a job beggar. Mm-hmm. Like I can, I can do this like you did with the principal thing or the teaching job. Yeah. The special ed job, special ed job. I can do this. Uh, but you really couldn't, you couldn't do the job in the way it needed to be done. If your job doesn't fit you the way it should, you're not going to do as good a job at it. Mm-hmm. Even if you think you are, guess what? You're not. And other people notice that job, the special ed job. I didn't stay cause I wasn't licensed. And they started hiring. It was like a temporary long-term sub kind of gig. So it was only there from like January till the end of the school year. And they started hiring before I had time to get the licenses locked down. They would have kept me on because I actually was doing a pretty good job. The only thing I wasn't super well-versed in was writing IEPs, but that's, I am a good writer. So I picked that up fairly quickly. It was still tedious and terrible, but 
the principal position that I held was more of the guerrilla marketing type stuff that you're talking about. Because the reason that I got it was I volunteered to do some workshops for this, for the school. It was a, a private Islamic school in my town. Um, and I was like, Hey, like, let me help you out. Right. And so I did some workshops. I was consulting on some students that they had. And then one day the principal was like, so I'm pregnant. And I was like, yep, I know. And she was like, I have to go on maternity leave. Do you want to take over? And so it was very much just, I had connected with this group with the school and that networking behavior of mine, sort of guerrilla type marketing of myself, got me the position. No one ever looked at my resume. I didn't apply to anything. I just walked in one day and I got a job offer. You made my point about resumes. Yeah. For me, resume should be the thing that you have after you've gotten the job and they say, hey, we need, we need your resume for the file. And so learning how to first understand clearly what you want what you're going for, that's the number one thing. Being very focused, sifting and sorting potential opportunities out there and making sure that you're not going for something that's not a good fit. And then feeling empowered when you go in because you're pretty well prepared and you have the questions you want to ask them. And you're a rock star because this is, you know what you want, right? How do you skip the resume stage? Like I, I wasn't trying to get a job. I just was offered the job. That's not the same as I'm trying to get a job and I want to work for, I don't know, IBM or whatever. How do I get connected to IBM in a way that's going to get me an interview without sending a resume to them? I can't say 100% of the time you don't. It's just that when you do, you're very, very clear about what it is you're going for and you stand out more because you're clearer and it mm -hmm. comes on your resume. So your resume is geared exactly for what you want and what they want and you're not even applying unless there's that fit right mm -hmm. uh, so that would make you stand out right there of course you have to can't you can't have one comma out of place but what i was what i was going to say is that the guerrilla way is joining organizations getting to know people yes getting connected but the organizations are very clearly on the path of where you want to go even before you're in the profession join the professional organizations and volunteer maybe if you if you're unemployed you can volunteer in areas that are adjacent to the career that you want or in the career that you want depending on the nature of that career use that as ways to create and foster connections and relationships so that you can then bypass the resume stage potentially that's certainly the way i would coach people mm -hmm. do and it, it always seems to work in some way. When you've made some connections with people where you're both interested or all interested in doing similar things, and you're both interested in the work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. Just being mindful of time. Do you have any ending essentials that you'd like to share with our audience? If you're home or if you're in a situation where COVID ended your job, you're trying to figure out what you want to do, now's the time to start looking at possibilities and going through a process similar to the one that I do. And you can reach me if you want to talk to me and get an introduction to what I do um, by going to passiontocareer.com, passion, P-A-S-S-I-O-N-T-O, career.com. Hey, 
you're still here. Nice. Thanks for staying focused all the way through. If you have any thoughts or questions about today's episode, feel free to email me at brendan at ADHDessentials.com. And don't forget to check out the website, ADHDessentials.com, and visit our Facebook community. I'm looking forward to talking to you again next week. In the meantime, keep focusing on improvement over perfection. 10% better is all you need.